Hello and welcome to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben. I'm Mandy. And this episode made me feel ashamed about my split ends. Made you feel ashamed about your split? Why? Yeah. Um, so this is, I'm just, we'll get into, this is a podcast. We talk about the nanny. We watched an episode of the nanny. We'll say which episode that is later. But this is an episode that features Fran having straight hair, which is something that we have occasionally throughout the season. Mm. And the thing that I couldn't help noticing was that she had recently got a haircut because it was all bouncy and fluffy at the ends and it's all this perfect length. And I have these scraggly bits. <laughs> when was the last time you actually went to have a haircut? Um, so like late last year. Late I last think like year. November-ish. Oh, like maybe before we went to New York? Uh, yeah, I think it was, it was either just before we went to New York or just after we went to New York. Or maybe it's, maybe, it was maybe during. it was before that. Maybe it was before that. It might have been like, I know it was fall mm. time, I think. It's been a while. It's but been I also, a while. So I am growing my hair out for our wedding because I don't want to have to pay for extensions. And I've reached the point where my hair is like past my boob. Mm-hmm. Which is an achievement. I had very, very short hair for like a decade and then started growing it out. Like actually just before the pandemic. And now my hair is past my boob. But the part that's past my boob is all the scraggly bits. So if I know <laughs> I know if I go get a haircut, it won't feel as special anymore because it will be short. They will they will all just say to you, Hey, everything everything from like your armpit down has gotta go. I mean, yeah, the pretty much yeah. pretty much Benjamin. Pretty much Benjamin was my nickname in high school. I like your hair. I like. I, I think you have good hair. I don't pay a lot of attention to the split ends. I, I will be completely honest with you. I am. I am thirty six years old. I am not hundred percent confident. I know what a split end is. Yeah, it's the the fiber of your hair will sort of like it will split. Yeah. And like, and there'll be all these little pieces. Though part of it, because like, I've been told that my hair is pretty good at not splitting, and I've pretty because I don't do a lot else mm. with my hair. I don't like. I try to avoid heat treating it or doing a lot of stuff. It's my natural color. I'm just bragging about my beautiful hair. <laughs> um, but my hair is also very coarse. Mm. So it gets like all these bits that just get tangly. Whereas I have nice silky hair and I, uh, in defiance of God herself, I just shave it all off. I have very fine short hair. And I've always had that since I was a kid. Uh, because my- You have very curly hair. It, you know, I don't know that I've ever let it get long enough to get to a point where it curls. I do have that- I have this uh, line in the middle of my head where the hair is thinner. It's like the hair doesn't quite, there wasn't quite enough hair to kind of meet. So I have this thin strip. Whenever, if you've ever watched this Twitch stream, you'll see like, I used to have a widow's peak and now I have like two bumps. Now you have a W. Yeah, I have a W. I'm worried. <laughs> That's me secretly. Yes. I, I, didn't, I didn't want you to find out this way, but my hair's going away as is often the case with, with people who are just, um, powerful sexual forces, the hair just vanishes because the hair can't keep up with just the sheer magnetism of the rest of the body. Yeah, and I'm an unsexy gremlin, so that's why I've got all this <laughs> all this hair sprouting forth. Yes, I think when people see us together, they definitely think, mm, Mandy is not the sexy one. <laughs> ben is all the way 100% oh, you say super that, sexy. But, uh, given the places that we go to, such as uh, Gallifrey mm. and like nerd conventions, that is absolutely what people fucking think because we go where there's a lot of britaboos yeah britaboos love me they love my accent there are uh i started a new job recently and i do think there are a couple of people who there are a couple of 
people at work who uh, feel like when they speak to me, they have to put on an English accent. And I, I would prefer that not. We went to Carl's Jr. the other day and the guy at the, dr- the guy manning the drive-thru felt like he had to like insert like, mate and governor into the conversation he also i ordered a, a three-piece chicken tender we've gone on a tangent this is we were uh, a three-piece chicken tangent oh we got a three-piece chicken tangent uh but when we opened it up it was just one piece of it chicken one, it was this it big was box one, with a single piece of chicken and it wasn't even a full nugget it was like a half nug like it's the size of nug that typically they will just give to you and you technically get three and a half pieces yeah. that's the only piece that I got you didn't even get the fries either no fries no, I did get fries oh, you did get fries I didn't get fries you didn't get fries and I did not share my fries no. because god damn it I'm missing two nugs you can have two and those a fries half are nugs you. my burger still had the pickle and onions in it despite the fact I did ask for them not that to do that to do that to not do that and we were on our way to the airport so it wasn't like we could turn around and stop and try to get them to fix it because we ain't got the time don't have the time we're taking you to the airport so you can fly to the far off mystical land of Florida yeah I went back to Florida for a weekend yeah it was Florida it, uh, I kept getting severe weather alerts. Yeah, you sent me a text like, hey, there's a severe weather alert. And I was like, uh-oh. We're getting severe weather, which is just weather. It's, it's Florida, it's Florida weather. Just, it's, just weather, it's just what it is. It would be terrifying if it were California, but it's Florida and it's fine. Now, you came back from Florida with two bags of cookies that initially I did not like. And now I'm already thinking about the bag that I have preemptively moved from the freezer to the fridge. Right, so let me tell you about these fucking cookies. <laughs> um, my dad grew up in Plant City, Florida, which is not a lot it's is a big there. tree. <laughs> well, there's a lot of like citrus. They, like, they grow a lot of things. They have a strawberry festival there every year because it's a like, big strawberry capital. I need people to know it's not named Plant City because of all the plants. It's named after a guy whose last name was Plant, and I fucking hate that. Anyway, my dad used to work at uh, this, basically, like, this farm stand. What? what? Market, like a market stall, kind of. Oh, yeah, like a market, like a a fruit stand. That's the word that I'm grasping for. Um, my dad grew up working there, and so whenever I was a kid, we would always come and visit, and uh, the owners would coo over me because I was an adorable baby. And every time I would go, they would want to give me a present. And now the thing that I always wanted were they had these strawberry cookies, and they would just be there like, I'm, I'm making a shape, and you can't see the shape. I don't have anything shape. similar of how big around it's a are. sugar cookie so i would say it's a little bigger if you buy a packet of sugar cookies from uh from like the supermarket like ralph's or von's whatever from their bakery yeah. section so, so maybe a little so bigger this, than the that. size of a head of a four-year-old which is what i was <laughs> in this story so the size of four-year-old mandy's head and they were pink and they have powdered sugar on them and they would be amazing i came in this little like uh checkered bag and i love them so much and so they, uh, the older people who own the market would be like, oh, we're going to get Mandy a present. I'm like, oh, it's going to be cookies. And instead, they would hand me a fresh strawberry milkshake with real fresh Plant City strawberries inside. The thing that you have to know is I don't actually like strawberries, like at all. I like them more now. I certainly did not as a kid. And I certainly didn't like 
globs of them um, in what would otherwise be a perfectly normal milkshake. And and tell me, how, how did that make you feel, being given a milkshake that you neither wanted nor needed? Uh, bad. <laughs> uh, like, we should, yes, I would absolutely. Be, I would be so uh, upset about it. I would be handed this thing, and of course, like, every, like, oh, it's a treat, and I can't say no thank you to a treat. So instead, it would be like, thank you. I have a tummy ache, though, and I would hand it off to my dad, and my dad would have the strawberry milkshake, and it's just so dejected of I was promised a present, and instead, I would rather have no present <laughs> than to ask instead for cookies, because that's what I wanted. And I'm now coming to the realization that maybe the reason they gave me a milkshake all the time is because my dad wanted the milkshakes and was... Because my parents fucking knew I didn't like strawberries. Yeah, they knew but my dad also up. knew that he would get the rest of my milkshake. Yeah. Which would be most of them. I would take one sip to be polite when they took the picture. And then I'd go, oh, I have a tummy ache. How many times? The fact that you remember saying I had a tummy ache. Is this, is this a, a scam that was run multiple times? Yeah. I, I mean, not like whenever we went down to Plant City to mm. visit my grandparents but yeah, so this time I went, I actually went for my grandmother's funeral. That's not a, a fun story. But in between, we then went over to uh, my grandfather's place and we stopped over so that we could get him a strawberry milkshake. And I was like, I'm going to get these cookies. And I bought 36 cookies. I bought three bags. Perfect. I came back with two bags. Yeah. we And we ate one bag. We have eaten a bag through the course of this week. I had a cookie and at first I thought, I do not think I like this. I don't think I like this cookie. Partly because I kept on hovering over you and be like, hey, Benjamin, you want to try these cookies? They're great. And just like lording it over you. Like you spent two days like, was mm, I don't think I want cookies right now. Yeah, it was a little uh, like Elon Slee's Bagano or whatever the name of that character is from Attack of the Clones. who's like death sticks and you're just like... Strawberry sugar cookies, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm, not, I don't know. Thank you, I'm good actually. But then I said, you know what? I'm going to try another one, and I tried another one. And listener, twas like a strawberry orgasm in my little mouth. And they don't, because you also don't really like strawberries. No, I'm not so a big fan of like. So that was something that like yeah. made you hesitant about it. Of like, well, I don't yeah. like strawberries. Why would I have the strawberry cookie? They don't taste like strawberries. No. I mean, they taste like strawberry candy. They look like a kind of a red velvet cookie. That's is, the vibe of the cookie visually. Yeah, it is very much like all artificial flavoring. You look in the back, and it's red forty. Like even when I, uh, as an adult, when I was buying, I was getting three bags. And the woman uh, at the counter was like, oh, yeah, these cookies are good. And I was like, yeah, I have waited 15 years to have these cookies again. <laughs> so I'm having all this. She's like, oh, did you try the loaf? I was like, listen, I've been here longer than you have. Of course I have tried the strawberry loaf. The strawberry loaf is better than the cookies. Really? Yeah, they're better. But I am there for cookies. I did not get to choose what I was going to have when I was a child. And damn it, I'm an adult. And the point of being an adult is now you can get the cookies. That's, that's, and, that's what being an adult is all about. And also to take a picture in the big strawberry chair that they have out there, which apparently I definitely have taken photos in, but I don't remember because I was so young. And so every time I went, I was also sad because I wanted to go in the chair and they wouldn't let me in the chair because apparently I'd already been in the chair but I didn't remember that. And Mandy was sad every time. So I also went in the chair. Awesome. I, my hometown cookie memory is, it doesn't begin with a little, little independent market stall. It begins with a large conglomerate supermarket called Sainsbury's. 
Sainsbury's have a bakery section. And in their bakery section, they would sell these bags of six cookies. And they had a bunch of different varieties, like chocolate chip, double chocolate chip. My personal favorite were the double mint chocolate chip cookies. These were chocolate, these were cookies made with, um, uh, what are cookies made of? Like, what do you put in the oven? Like flour, eggs, but sugar. Is it, is it batter? What is it? What are, what's the word for the mix? Anything you call, yeah, you call them cookie, cookie batter. Because I, yeah. I only know that because when they call it like ice cream that has like, yeah. oh no, dough. They say dough. dough. Okay. Cookie dough. So the cookie dough. That's, that's, we wrong. got it. We nailed it. Thank you, Ben and How or Jerry. How long did it take? It took us too long. <laughs> I had to go we are past, like, What do they call adults. it when it's in ice cream? Collectively. It's cake batter cookie dough. Collectively between us, between the two of us, we have 65 years of experience. Okay, on this but planet. I'm high. Yeah. 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 I did weed. Wait, are we 65 collectively? We're 65 collectively. No, we're... Oh, yeah, because I'm still 29. I yeah. keep on thinking that I'm 30. It's not happened yet. But no, so there's 65 years between us, and it took us eight calendar years to, to remember what cookie dough was called. But cookie dough, uh, the cookie dough was was chocolate, and then the chocolate chips were these lime, not the lime, the mint green. Where the fuck did I get lime from? Can I can I interrupt your story for a moment? No. I want uh, to highlight the fact that you're calling them cookies and not biscuits. Well, no, because we still call a cookie a cookie. A biscuit. So what is, is a, so what is a cookie and what is a biscuit? Um, a biscuit is something like a digestive, a hobnob, a rich tea like a biscuit. Cracker. No, those are still biscuits. Well, crackers are crackers. Biscuits are biscuits. Okay, but what's a cracker and what's a biscuit? Well, cracker is something like a cracker, and a biscuit is something what you would probably call a cookie, but we use the term biscuit. No, because I had had heard that previously, because that's something of uh, Nabisco, which mm. makes uh, common crackers like Ritz. They're the na- Nabisco is short for National Biscuit Company, mm. and so like that kind of like hard shortbread type thing, yeah. that's a biscuit. Right. But we, then if you have crackers as well, like, what the fuck is a cracker? I, uh, well, cracker but is... Other than oh, a white person in the <laughs> No, a cracker is a cracker. A cracker is like a Jacob's cra- cracker. Crapper, I nearly said. That's a different uh, thing entirely. Uh, who the fuck is Jacob? Jacob makes the uh, most popular brand of crackers in the UK, actually. Jacob is also statistically probably a cracker himself. Well, I don't fucking know him and just be like, a cracker is a cracker. Mandy, like, Jacob's crackers. You <laughs> would love Jacob? Jacob's crackers because the packaging is orange. I do love that orange. That would be it. Um, we, got, we renewed our car tags uh, on Friday. Because we have a new, we've got a new car last year. You may remember we talked about you the car accident. You are seven tangents. Get the fuck back to the cookies. Let me wind back. So in the UK, I, th- I would say a cookie is probably a subset of biscuit. But if you buy a pack of like, like Oreos are considered a biscuit in the so UK. So a biscuit is hard. Not necessarily even. Okay. There are soft biscuits. There's a dispute over whether a Jaffa cake is a cake or a biscuit. And those are very soft. Well, that's a cake. Legally, like, it's, not, it's not the difference between a cookie. I'm talking about the difference between a cookie and a biscuit. Well, a cookie is a subset of biscuit. What I'm trying to get at is a cookie versus biscuit, and I thought a cookie was a hard biscuit. I guess a biscuit is, no, a, is a biscuit a, a biscuit, soft cookie. A biscuit is a hard cookie. A biscuit is a hard cookie. Yeah, I would say a biscuit is a hard cookie. And a cookie a, is a soft biscuit. I would say that... It, it's tricky because I think that our usage of the word cookie specifically to mean things like chocolate chip cookies. So you mean like American? Informed. Yeah, I think they're more informed by the American usage of the word cookie. Whereas you kind of, you kind of use like a, a, a digestive biscuit would probably be more likely to be referred to as a cookie 
here. A hobnob is more likely to be referred to as a cookie. I think there are certain things that would be considered a, a biscuit, but I don't think those fit into what, what we in England refer to as a biscuit. But a cookie's a cookie. Like, if you go into the store, you can find chocolate chip cookies. The brand of chocolate chip cookie I mostly remember as a kid, other than these amazing Sainsbury's baked-in store cookies, was Maryland cookies, which I don't think anyone who works in that factory has been to Maryland. I don't think that exists. I think they just thought, that sounds good in American. Americans cook to cookies. And that's the o- I think that's the only type of, that's the only thing other than, I know that Reese's Pieces are available, and Reese's are available in the UK now. When I was a kid, Maryland did chocolate chip, peanut butter chip cookies. Ah. And it's the only time outside of just peanut butter and now Reese's that I've seen peanut butter, I guess also the uh, peanut butter lion bar, kind of weaponized in, in candy form in the outside of the U.S. Do you think the Mar- uh, Maryland cookies knew that it's pronounced Maryland and not Maryland? I think they say Maryland. I know as a kid I said Maryland. I only say Maryland now because I live here. Yeah. Which is, we get to the urinal uh, debate that we had the other day. Oh my God. We don't even want to fucking talk about that. The, f- uh, the fact that in the UK we call it a urinal. But yeah, you, so you have Sainsbury's cookies. Those are your yeah. strawberry cookies. Those are for me, like, well, it, next time we go back to England, we're hitting up Sainsbury's and we're getting the mint double chocolate mint chip cookies. And if you ever find yourself in Florida, I mean, it's uh, Plant City's not that far from Orlando. It's still fucking far. It took us like uh, like two hours. I forgot how big Florida is. But if you got you're on like a week trip, you'll you're gonna get bored of theme parks. Uh, go to Plant City, get some strawberry cookies. <laughs> go to drive two hours to Plant City, buy cookies, drive two hours back to your hotel room. Yeah, it'll worth be worth it. it. Okay. Sainsbury's cookies, strawberry cookies, I need a haircut. What is the episode? (laughs) Well, this is an episode in which, just as you have relived the childhood of your strawberry cookies, and I've relived the childhood of uh, my mint chocolate chip cookies. It did end up matching. We did not bring that up for the sake of it fitting. Fran gets to revisit her own childhood with both a visit to a camp reunion, and she gets to meet her... the heartthrob of her childhood days, Eric Estrada, in season two, episode 15, Kindervelt Days. Now, what episode is this on HBO Max? It is season two, episode 13. Mm. So if you haven't been listening to us carefully, you might have already seen this episode. Oops. But uh, yeah, should we get into it? Yes. All right. So the top of this episode, this episode starts in what I guess is supposed to be Sylvia, uh, Fran's mother's storage room. Doesn't look like any part of their apartment. Like the, the it's very like brickwork architecture. We know what it looks like. The brickwork looks like, I think they've just reused the brickwork from Maxwell's wine cellar. Yeah, I, it feels like they're going for like an attic vibe. Yeah. But she lives in an apartment. Yeah. So it's not like she has an attic but I, f- I i feel like they just had something in there of like we have her going through the attic and so yeah. they just generically did it and you're not supposed to think that hard of like well if you're in an apartment what's your attic or i don't know maybe older apartments had attics i know that we have like sectioned off apartments yeah. to like make more rooms i i thought that i know that in fraser i know fraser from the show fraser fraser's apartment and in fraser's apartment building fraser has a storage area in like where the parking lot is so my brain thought, well, maybe this is like that. But also Sylvia lives in what I think is a one-bedroom apartment or a two-bedroom apartment. But they also have like this huge storage room. It's wild. Like 
the architecture of Sylvia's apartment feels like Seinfeld's apartment where the corridor would intersect with where his kitchen is and it doesn't make any logical sense. Or the any of the apartments in Friends that just cannot possibly exist in any kind of three-dimensional Euclidean space. But Sylvia has a has a storage room, and I guess she's been storing Fran's old stuff. Oh, wow. Look at all these memories. Mark could never throw anything of mine away. Darling, get all your crap out of here. Uh, so they have to go through all of the crap. Uh, which gives Fran opportunity to go through many things, like wedge heels that uh, Maggie is very excited to try. She finds a win a date with Erica Strada contest entry. Uh, which her which- mom was supposed to mail like 50,000 years ago and it just never happened. No. Uh, so she's very upset. Goes through some stuff, finds a picture uh, from camp that has apparently gone moldy. And Fran is very upset. She's like, oh, I've lost the picture. Insert fat joke here. Yeah, there's a little, there's some body stuff in this episode. Yeah, it's not as bad. If anything, it just implies uh, Niles might have a fetish. Niles might have a fetish. There's some stuff. We'll come, we'll get there. Yeah. Fran is like, oh, it probably doesn't matter because that bitch whose name starts with a J. Is it Jennifer? June. June. June Summerfield. Something Summerfield. Jenny Summerfield. Judy. June Whitfield. It is, in fact, Judy. Thank you, the nanny wiki. Even though eventually I'll just, I have to stop using you because you have not uh, done all of the episodes. So eventually we'll get to a point where I can no longer refer back to whatever you say and that be uh, how I follow an episode along. And I'll have to take goddamn notes. <laughs> Judy Stevenson, is that her name? Judy. Uh, Summerfield. Judy Silverman. 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 Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, so like she t- talks about how Judy Silverman was always kind of a bitch to her and how Judy Silverman found her threatening. Why, because you were prettier than her? Well, yeah, that, and also because I actually threatened her. <laughs> and then we kind of just go to credits. Like, there's a few other things that they find which are referenced later. Like, she fi- Fran finds a psychedelic poster which she gives to Gracie. Um, she finds those platform heels. A couple of items of clothing, I think. Yeah. Not, I think we mentioned all the important ones. Yeah. Um, and it's when we come back that they're going through stuff again. This time a bunch of uh, raunchy books that mm. now Brighton is suddenly horny, into. Horny literature. Yeah. And that's when they mention, oh, we're going to that camp. Uh, there's a reunion for the camp. Suddenly yeah. there's a reunion for a camp. Because so- Val is here. Val's like, are you going to the reunion? And Fran's like, eh, fuck that, Which maybe. is such a weird plot device of like that first opening bit of them going to the storage house that has nothing to do with them having to go to this reunion other than like, oh, we've highlighted that this reunion exists. You could start that off in that opening, and the reason why they're going to the storage unit is because she wants the pictures because she's going to reunion and wants to remember. Yeah. Well, one potential viewpoint of it is that the storage unit is a decluttering of Gracie's subconscious. Gracie, of course, having created this entire world in her mind, removing this clutter creates plot points that she can then pull from, like the discovery of the the camp photo. There's there's a lot of stuff where, I mean, when you're uh, taking a uh, established reality and you're forming a new reality and slotting everyone into the roles as you see fit, there's going to be stuff that doesn't quite fit yet. Yeah. 
And so that's what you got to do is you just got to shove it in a storage closet. And then as you can figure out what you're going to do with it, how it fits in later. Yeah, that's why the storage unit doesn't make any sense. It's not actually a storage room in Sylvia's apartment. They, Gracie has gone inside Fran's subconscious to make sure to make sure to scrub any knowledge of the nightmare universe that she has created and stumbles upon this camp photo and is like, ooh, now we have a narrative for the next 20 to 30 minutes. And she starts to weave and stitch. And so when we come back from the opening titles, Val is there. Val appears as if from nowhere and says, are you going to camp reunion? Question mark. And Fran was like, no, that's going to suck ass. Because I am not wed, so then I have nothing important about my life. Hello, we're in an episode of a sitcom from the 90s in which one or more of the main characters is going back to a reunion of some sort. Uh-oh, in order to feel relevant and important, they're going to have to manufacture an entire fake life that may or may not include a fake job, but will absolutely require a fake boyfriend slash fiance slash husband. I, I do want to give credit to because uh, fucking camp reunion is so stupid. That's one of those things like you only hear about in TV shows yeah. when they want to do the reunion episode. And you got to do it because you realize that your character's age is not quite fit into a common reunion. Yeah. Um, like, well, they can't. They should be like 28 or 38. Fran's you know, like, we'll just do camp. We'll just do camp, and yeah. then it can be whatever whatever year she went to camp. You know what's wild? People on TV are always going to reunions. I've never been to a reunion. No. I've never been invited. Maybe it's just a cultural thing. Maybe the UK just doesn't do it. I, I didn't get invited to my, like, my 10-year reunion uh, happened. It did happen in 2020, mm. but I don't know. Like I didn't hear anything about it getting canceled either, so I might have just never been invited anyway. Hmm. It would make sense for a large group of people in Florida to get together in spite of a national pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it would have it would it would have been that time. Mm. Uh, I got a high school superlative. Does that mean you went to a great high school? No, that's like in the thing in the back of the book where uh, in yearbooks they're like most likely to succeed, most oh. like I got best dressed. That makes absolute sense. High school superlative. This is a fucking great high school. Okay. Uh- <laughs> So Fran is talking about why she can't go. She'd need to have someone pretend to be her boyfriend or husband, and he'd need to be hugely successful, at which point this is when Chester Mayfield walks in talking on what I assume is his big, chunky 90s cell phone, talking about the this, pro- I guess, a project he's working on. Or he's, oh, he'd have to be handsome. Fran says he has to be handsome. And that's when Chester Mayfield walks in with a big, chunky cell phone, talking about how he's refusing to model for GQ. Look, tell Giorgio I love his suits, but I'm not posing for GQ. I'm a businessman, not a bloody model. As in Giorgio Armani is the one fucking calling him, but like, you have to wear my suits or I'll die. Here's a fun fact. Uh, Giorgio Armani actually did this episode. He was on the phone and uh, was very upset that they uh, they couldn't see him and threatened to sue. And then eventually uh, married Charles Shaughnessy, fun fact. None of this is true. <laughs> None of this is true. Um... I was, I was trying to think about, like, the Cher thing from the last episode where Cher had had surgery and it wasn't Cher. But what if it was Cher, but it wasn't Cher? What if they brought in Giorgio Armani for the phone call? And anyway, so... Um, I just ha- I, sorry, <sighs> we're on so many tangents, so I'm going to derail you, but I'm sorry. I just had the realization of how many years out are we until Lady Gaga plays Cher in a biopic? I think it's already happening. I think it's happening right now. I think we've just willed it into existence. Yeah. Wouldn't it? That would just be a star is born again. Yeah. Do you think that's going to stop them? 
No. I'm pretty sure that's been Lady Gaga's whole game. Yeah. I mean, everyone focuses on the Madonna comparison, but no, I think, she, I think she's gunning for share. Else, yeah. Fran goes on to say that he'd also have to be rich and successful. And then Maxwell says, well, what would I do with a second Lamborghini? And then he leaves. And Fran uh, briefly considers asking Niles. And Niles says, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Yeah. You fucking clown. Also, there's a lemon tree. They they bring up, uh, Fran has also bought a, yes. brought oh, a this fake lemon, lemon tree. tree. Uh, this lemon tree will only uh, be important because it'll be the next scene and then it will never be acknowledged again. It but there's a, just a, a lemon tree. It's a fake lemon tree that Fran has made smell like real lemons using lemon pledge. Yeah, the joke being the lemon pledge does not at all smell like real lemons. So we cut to interior Chester Mayfield office day sometime later and Cece, in a new character trait, has decided that she's a smoker. She smokes. I actually don't feel like it's a new character trait for her. I feel like it's a new character trait for uh, Chester Meffield to give a shit about yeah. it. Like, now he's suddenly like, you have to stop doing a, this. A new character trait for Chester Meffield to give a shit about literally anybody who isn't Franz Tits. Um, <laughs> so Cece's out on the balcony, uh, out in the, the courtyard smoking. She wants to come in. Chester Meffield says, fuck the fuck off with that shit. Niles shows up on the on on in the courtyard with the fake lemon tree. Niles, get that hideous thing off the terrace, would you? Mr. Sheffield wants you to get off the terrace. It's good. It's a short little bit. It is predictable as fuck, but it is. It was nice. very well played. Like that is something that uh, Daniel Davis uh, just kind of really leaned into it. He didn't make it seem too snide or malicious. Like it was very. I'm doing a butler thing. It was just very, very well done. It was just beautifully performed, well timed. Yeah. Uh, so this is when Fran is asking, like, "Oh, I got a reunion that I gotta go to. Yes. Are you free Friday night?" And uh, Maxwell does his big show. He makes of- a big. A big performance out of checking his diary. What are you doing Friday night? Friday, Friday. Friday. Oh, meeting of the Tony committee. What a shame. Last. If it was any other night. Oh, lucky you. It's really Saturday. (laughs) But it's just this great little scene of like... Fran immediately tricking someone into like, oh, of course you're going to make up a thing to say you're busy. And Maxwell is giving us all, oh, if it were any other night, of course I would go. Fran knows that he won't go. So that's why she lied and yeah. made up a night. So uh, Max Maxwell basically initially says he's not going to do it. He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to go to reunion. He didn't want to go to his own reunion. Um, Niles pointed out that he did, in fact, go to his reunion. It was just uh, bad and he blocked it out. He also went oh, wait, no. to CeCe's reunion. Oh, yeah. He did go to CeCe's. Yeah. Oh, I don't actually think that he went to... I can't remember the actual way. It was like, he went to the reunion and he sucked, or he didn't go because he sucked. Uh, he did go, okay. and he was upset. He sulked in the corner because everyone was fawning over Jeremy Irons. I Fucking Jeremy Irons, the voice of Scar from The Lion King. Also, the villain from the original Dungeons & Dragons movie, a movie that he only agreed to do because he had just bought a castle. He needed help with the mortgage. That's payment. a Dungeons and Dragons castle now. It's a, it's yeah, it's it's Jeremy Irons' Dungeons and Dragons castle. But yeah, he did in fact go to CC's. Re- We've already had a reunion episode, yeah. but technically he didn't go to that. He was supposed to go, and he, yeah. he didn't show up until the very end because he hates reunions. Yeah. So there's continuity in this episode. Yeah. He says he's not going to go. Niles later 
because because Maxwell goes into the kitchen complaining that Android Web has beaten him to the rights to something he wanted to do, <laughs> and Niles is like, "Well, just go to the fucking reunion, you piece of shit." Yeah, uh, like Niles points out of like, "Oh, your rivalry with Android Lloyd Webber is exactly the same as Fran's <laughs> rivalry." <laughs> <laughs> with this camp bitch Judy Silverman and finally Maxwell a male is like I can relate to the female protagonist of a show I can do it <laughs> if I can do it and then he looks to the camera and he says so can you <laughs> and his hand extends out of the screen and then he flicks the nose of the viewer he did both of us at the same time it was actually quite impressive yeah so he tells Niles uh, fix fix the green suit. My green suit's fucked up to shit. I need you to rehem the stitches and oh, and because Niles recommended a suit that just came back from the dry cleaning mm. and uh, Chester Mayfield was like, "No, I want to wear a different one." That was an uncanny impression of Chester Mayfield, beautifully <laughs> done. Yeah, Niles is. He tells Niles to fix it and patch it and clean it and sew it and work it, make it, uh, do a, it, a, fix a it, it, twist it, <laughs> flick it, unzip it. And uh, Niles is like, what if I didn't do that and you wore something that doesn't make you look like a fat piece of shit? Yeah, uh, it just, try- just tries to nag him into wearing something else. Yeah, like Niles- when Niles realizes he has work to do, he's like, I don't really want to do the work I'm today. I don't bu- really want to do the work today. I don't want to have to do the work today. I don't want to do the work today. I'm I'm really conflicted on this scene because it's, um, on the one hand, you have fat shaming, which mm. is never okay. On the other hand, he's trying to get out of working for the man, and I'm very down for that. So yeah. there's a conflict there. I'm all about the working class, and Niles is, I would say Niles is working class. Yeah, he's, he's I mean, he is fancy, but that, uh, don't let that distract you from the fact, like, he might be one of those people who, like, Things like, I'll be the 1% eventually, so I have to care about what they want. Like, one of of the people who does not believe that they are working Mm. class, but he's fucking working class. Exactly. That's why he gets along with Fran. That's like, that is the core of their friendship, is that even though they appear to be from two very different worlds, they're actually very similar because they're both working class. So Niles does not worm his way out of having to fix the green suit. He stomps uh, away with a tantrum. Meanwhile, Fran is showing Gracie and Maggie the shoes. Now, now Maggie's already tried wearing the shoes and has fallen off of them, um, like King Kong plummeting from the top of the Empire State Building. Yeah, I will give in fairness because a lot of times I I always hate when shows do this where they'll have platforms or they'll have like these crazy shoes that no one can walk in, and they're they're fine. It's like a four inch, five inch heel, yeah. like six max i walk in eight inch heels on the regular well not on the regular impulsive like in a controlled environment but hazmat suits and <laughs> like six or seven inch oh, that's- give me hazmat suits with heels <laughs> they show a regular shoe now this something i will it's still not very high it's like five maybe five and a half heels but it is a wedge and everyone thinks that wedge shoes are going to be easier to walk in but they're no. not because you have to place, place the entirety of your foot down at the same time and people are used to heel towing it yeah. which is also the reason why they're not good in regular heels because in heels you need to do the opposite you need a toe heel so that's the secret if you, if you want to know the secret of how to wear heels it's that you need to go toe first and then put your heel down and then do that that's, and you, you basically have to relearn how to walk yeah. Like we're walking Just in fucking do it, you baby. You baby. So Fran's kind of she's she's showing them how to walk in these uh these heels, and then there's a knock at the door as she falls off of the heels, 
And then, predictably, she falls off of the shoes. This happens, by the way, as her legs are obscured by the couch, so we can't see that she's very clearly going to be faking it. But this is when there's a knock at the door. And the kids open the door, and it's Eric Estrada, because the kids have mailed in her winner date with Eric Estrada form from the 70s. And Eric Estrada's manager's been like, this is a really good bit, actually. <laughs> yeah, this is hilarious. This is great. Oh, this is going to be good for when you start recording your Eric Estrada-themed podcast, Eric on Eric. I gotta be honest here. I didn't, until this episode, mention Eric Estrada from Chips. I had no idea where Eric Estrada was from. I, I recognize his face. I recognize his name. I don't always uh, know that that's what the face is, because I know of the name and I know the face and I haven't quite connected them. But I didn't know what he was from. For me, he was famous for being a D-list actor that everyone would clap yeah. for when he showed up. It's a guy, I recognize his face from being clapped at. I've never seen Chips. Uh, I've never seen Chips, but I have seen him referenced as the star of Chips in other shows like this and Scrubs. Yeah, like I don't. And, and, and I 30 will, Rock and a few other things. I will probably immediately forget because I probably have heard, oh yeah, he's from Chips. But I have no, I have no idea what is in Chips. Yeah. I, uh, I, there, there's cops. I think there's cops. So fucking ACAB, I'm not going to watch it. That's literally, it's just them on motorbikes driving around, sol- driving around solving highway crimes. That's more than I have ever known. Doesn't this punch character do anything on this show but ride a motorcycle? Well, there does seem to be a crime wave involving big busted women in halter tops driving Corvettes. <laughs> and that's basically Chips. I assume I've never seen Chips. I'm never going to watch it. Everything I learn about Chips, like most American shows I've never seen, I learn through pop culture osmosis. Um, <laughs> You're going to be like, like American Chips. Like American Chips. And do you know, fun fact, in England, Chips was called Crisps. Yes. Yeah, everyone knows that. Yeah. Which here, they only call crisp like Pringles when it's technically not like a splicing of yeah. it. They've like taken potato meal and pota- formed it together. Oh, I was saying the show Chips is called Crisps. That was the bit oh! I was doing. There you go. Yeah, we're on the same page now? Yes. Okay, cool. Anyway. I um, did weed. <laughs> <laughs> weed, not we. She hasn't weed. No. Don't you have a big reunion tomorrow night? Yeah. Well... I'm the hombre who's taking you. Oh my God, this is amazing. It's like a dream. How could this be? We told him how desperate you were. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, which, I mean, means obviously she's just sucked Eric Estrada into the universe. That's how this happened. But she was like, we were just real desperate for you not to discover this fake reality that you are in. Yeah. So Eric Estrada's like, you've got a reunion coming up tomorrow. I will see you then. What do you want me to wear? Who gives a shit? Catch you on the flippy floppy. And then he leaves. And as Fran is going to the phone to call Val to say, guess who's taking me to the reunion? That's when Maxwell shows up in his green suit to tell Fran, actually, I will take you to the reunion. And he doesn't get the opportunity to really do this because he overhears Fran telling Val, Eric Estrada's taking me to the reunion. And Maxwell, I guess his ego is bruised a little bit. Yeah, his uh, he seems kind of upset because he got himself uh, all like uh, dressed up and thinking, oh, here's my opportunity to be fancy purse in front of people and make the Andrew Lloyd Webber of this camp uh, be jealous. Yeah. And it was also a thing of, like she was describing a person on the phone and him being foreign and having really good hair 
and there was a third thing in there. And he he thinks that Fran is complimenting yeah. him, and then finally he's like, "Oh no, it's the, the it's Eric Estrada from Chip from a single Chip." <laughs> It's the one. It's the one chip. What if he was only in one episode of Chips? <laughs> he was the titular chip. No, he was the guy who got clapped at. And before that, he didn't have any reason for existing. And there was yeah. like, oh, the thing that we're going to do is we're going to put you in one episode of a thing. And then we'll put you in a bunch of other things. But when you do, they'll just, instead of putting him nameless, like, bottom tier action, but, like, everyone will have to clap for him going, he's from Chips. What it is, is he was never in Chips, but he kept, he he got a lot, he booked a lot of guest star gigs because people thought, oh, you you were in Chips, right? So what ended up happening is he did so many guest spots that the producers of Chips went back and digitally edited him into every episode, like Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. It does bear the question, was it a different brown guy in Chips? And that's why they all thought he was in Chips? I I can't can't discuss that and I can't answer that question for reasons of taste. Uh, So then we have the next day, we have a whole uh, bit of apparently Cece is now trying to quit smoking. She suddenly listened to uh, uh, Chester Meffield. And going into the funny hee-haw joke of people smoke cigarettes to lose weight because it uh, stifles appetite, uh, Niles is trying to give her lots of food so that she gets fat, which is just a strange choice. And so the entirety of this uh, whole scene just has Cece in the background being given foods to eat. Chocolate cake with whipped cream, eclairs, pizza, a fucking ham. Now, given what we know, I mean, spoilers for the ending of this series, but given what we know, does that mean that Niles has like a feeder fetish? He might do. This is a weird, yeah, it's a weird way to torment someone by going to, because like, that's time and effort. Like cooking a ham, that's time and effort. Why would you expend the energy? It, I, it was likely not just a, a quick DiGiorno pizza. No, this was, this was a pre-Giorno pizza because DiGiorno <laughs> hadn't been invented yet but yeah that's that's going on in the background while uh some other conversation is happening in the in the front I can't remember what conversation is happening oh, yeah so Fran is uh trying to avoid uh Chester Maffield and she's about to explain why when Chester Maffield shows why and is that he is suddenly very uh angry at her because he is still upset about last night and he is unable to process those feelings in any way other than irritation because yeah. he's English. Yeah. So we mentioned those romance books that Fran found earlier. She gave them to, to Brighton and said, put these under my bed. And apparently what Brighton has done instead is transcribed one of them for a school report, which is supposed to be from his perspective. And it's about, I guess, how he gave some woman a deep dicking, which is Maybe not school appropriate. See, this is rewritten by Monday, would you, Miss Fine? Oh, but I don't feel like doing homework on the weekend. I honestly thought that this was Maxwell saying, you can't you can't go to the reunion. Yeah. But it never comes up again. Because Eric Estrada shows up later. Fran comes down the stairs in this gorgeous dress with like a diamond turtleneck and diamond collars. Yeah, and has a cold, like cold shoulder sleeves. It feels... It's not Audrey Hepburn, but it feels Hepburn adjacent. Yeah, it's not as obvious as because uh, they previously did it when um, the uh, the My Fair the, Lady episode yes. from season one. I mean, the My Fair Lady episode, and there's the one where they're going to go see Barbara Streisand. Yes. That dress, uh, or was it that dress? 
There's there's another there's one, but it might actually be there's they have made the Audrey Hepburn yeah. like stuff, but it might be in something that I watched just on my own time and not for <laughs> podcast time. <laughs> yeah, but but she's still got big friend hair. Yes, and she's actually upset because her hair is a little too big, though uh, her mother disagrees and thinks that it could be could even be bigger. bigger. Could go big. But her hair is too big and her dress is too small. Yeah. And Eric Estrada shows up and uh, apparently doesn't have a problem with it. He's totally cool with Fran wearing this very slim, very tight dress. Yeah, he's also very cool with having no idea who Chester Meffield is. Uh, yeah. Fran introduces him and Chester Meffield's like, I'm a big important person too. And Eric Estrada's like, I have no idea who the fuck you are. And then we leave. We also, okay, so every time that we get an Eric Estrada scene, there's also people uh, doing their best at Spanish. And their best is not very good. Buenos nachos. <laughs> that is the kind of the level that this is at. And again, written down, we're repeating, we're basically repeating jokes that a show made 25 years ago. Um, that on its own is not necessary. It doesn't sound funny, but it is again. It is one of those things where it is entirely in the performance. Yeah, like, everyone and I, I, sells I, I will it. hope that you will have clips running through to kind of explain. Like, oh, it's funny when they when they do it. Yeah. Adios, hasta monte, baby. Every fucker who repeats these uh, like stupid jokes, the whole point of it was in the delivery, and you're not good at this. You're not good at that. No. So Eric Estrada takes Fran on on the back of his his motorcycle. He has a Harley Davidson, apparently, and they go to the camp reunion, um, which is a reunion for camp, and is not a camp reunion in that it is a reunion that is very camp. Yeah, they arrive at their reunion. Fran comes in. She's wearing the Chips helmet. Yeah, which is like, oh, it's a very ominous helmet. And you, you know, if you are a person who has ever made their hair big and then try to wear a helmet, you know, you know the rest of what the scene is. Yeah, her hair gets flat, but it actually looks nice. Yeah, so that is the whole I mentioned at the beginning. How Fran's hair is, has been straightened and looks very nice, and it's clear that she recently got a haircut. And I feel ashamed of my hair. Uh, the reason that they did this is because when they do the joke that hair, Fran's hair was very big and now it's been entirely flattened, it's still smooth and nice and yes. lovely. That's not what that would actually happen at all, but it would be even less obvious. Like her hair, if they did the scene with her regular curly hair, yeah. there's no way that they could still make her hair look nice. Like they would have to cut and basically like take her away, fix her hair, and then yeah. bring her back. Um, if they smooth her hair out, they can have a helmet on her and take it off, and her hair's still going to look relatively okay. Yeah. It looks great. She looks good. It's a good bit of like, oh, the hair, helmet's flat under her hair. We have an explanation nice. as to why her hair is like we this. We have canon explanations so the people who manage the nanny wiki can sleep soundly at night because there were no plot holes in the nanny. <laughs> and Alexander wept, for there were no more plot holes to fill. <laughs> So Judy Silverman hasn't shown up yet. Everyone's fawning over Fran and the fact that she brought Eric Estrada. But Judy, the person that Eric is there to kind of show up, basically, isn't there. And Eric Estrada reaches a point where he says, actually, I've got to go. I've got another sitcom to make a guest appearance on. So I'm going to bounce and I will catch you on the flippy floppy. And then he leaves. This is when Judy shows up with her with her man friend. Yes. Well, she hasn't uh, shown her man friend yet. Uh, she just comes by herself and everyone's doing that giddy like, haha, we're going to pretend that we're friends. Uh, Judy very bitterly is like, did you come alone? 
She she is being the Sonic meme of alone on a Friday night. Gosh, yeah. you're pathetic. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Fran was here with Eric Estrada. She has witnesses. Yeah, everyone saw that, though. Maybe because everyone pushed her aside so quickly, yeah. so it wasn't like she even got to really like brag yeah. about being with Eric Estrada. It just seemed like Eric Estrada showed up at this place and Fran also walked in at that time. Yeah, it does feel like you could have done a thing. Can but you no, imagine Eric- just uh, being in there and you see Eric Estrada? I was like, wait, did I go to camp with Eric Estrada? <laughs> was he- did I just never realize that that was Eric Estrada? Was, was he... Was he there? I don't remember. Oh, we bullied that guy. Oh, we, we did. Bullied. I, I just never knew what his real oh, name is because we is called Eric him Ast- Assface. Eric Estrada, the kid we pushed into the mud bog. I pushed Eric Estrada into a mud bog. Oh. He buddies from Chips. Wait, what is Chips? Oh, it's cops. Oh, fucking ACAB. I feel good again. All cops are bog men. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Adios. I like the blonde guy better! So, Judy's like, here's my husband, and a guy in a green suit, you'll notice, uh, walks over like, hi. I did not notice yeah, that, he's actually. Yeah, he's also wearing a green suit. And he's his whole thing is, hi, I'm very successful. And Judy's like, where's your man? And Fran's like, uh, I, ooh, e, uh, ooh, mm. And then Maxwell shows up. Maxwell just appears. Poof. He just manifests. He gets reversed Thanos into the room. Dust collects beside (laughs) Fran, forming a fully formed Chester Meffield, who's like, sorry I'm late, darling. smoochity doochity uh, which is, everyone know, everyone knows, it's Chester Meffield's catchphrase. Um, and he introduces himself to Judy's partner, who becomes 110% more camp 90s gay. Yes, like, because we because we really need to know that he's gay beyond the, like, oh, he's a thir- theater person who knows who Chester Meffield is. Which yeah. they already uh, talked about when they had the, the Pride March bit that Chester Meffield uh, interests people, because he, he, I feel like he fits. Yeah. But yeah, apparently Judy's husband is actually not her husband. It's it's her gay actor friend pretending. Uh, and apparently he was in one of uh, Maxwell's uh, plays many, many years ago and does a little dance. Maxwell Sheffield? <laughs> I was in one of your revivals. 76 tons of parade with 110 cornets coasted down. That's where I met Kent. And then Judy... Um, Stabs him in the chest. And says that she's going to kill his cat. Yeah. <laughs> and then he bleeds. While he's bleeding out on the floor, Fran and Maxwell do a little dance. They make a little love. Fran, uh, get down tonight. They get down tonight. They boogie well, oogie they're about to get down tonight. Yeah. Uh, but then Fran's dress rips. And yeah. the final little scene is them like shuffling awkwardly out. Yeah, it is. It is. So they're very awkwardly. The camera's very close on them because their legs are very clearly not. They're not good dancers, I'm sure. No Tino shade, no lemonade to uh, Charles Shaughnessy or Fran Drescher. But I'm pretty sure the reason the camera's that tight on you in that moment is because you are not dancing. You're kind of moving around a studio floor. And that's a different vibe. Like, I'm sure if you went to an actual dance hall, um, you'd probably tear it up. Tear, tear, tear it up. Shred, shred that dance floor. Murder on the dance floor, but you better not kill the groove. But what's happening here instead is they're just kind of dancing. Everyone's looking at us, says Fran. Yeah, because you fucking suck. But then Chester Ripple says, let's really give them something to look at. And then he he does a twirl. He dips Fran. Fran's dress tears right off, just like pa- just like paper. 
And uh, and that's where the episode ends. Yeah, her tits just flop right out. Flopping it's great. Out. Fran, if you, if you listen to the podcast and you just heard us describe your tits as flopping right out, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry for what we did. <laughs> no, that's what they, that's what they did. And we should all be so grateful. Yeah. And over the end credits, we get a little bit more talk. Uh, we, uh, uh, the end credits now seem to just be like, here's a, here's a deleted or extended moment from a scene in the show. And I cannot remember what it is. It's that inconsequent. This is this is why it got cut. It's got it doesn't serve any purpose to us. I feel like us. you should just play the audio from the ending, but oh the ending bit. Here's the ending bit. Oh, I remember when I had to get rid of my stuff when they turned my room into a den. Val, you're still living at home. I know. You think they'd wake me so I could get off the pool table before they break. <laughs> Yeah. What no the f- comment. You're going to forget have about anything that in 30 for minutes. You've all, I've already forgotten about it, and I just put it in, in the edit. <laughs> I'm editing this. Future Ben, hey, hi. I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to record yourself giving the answer. Do you remember the clip you just listened to? Hello, hi. Um, yes, but that's just because I just listened to it. I didn't know what to expect when I when I, I scrubbed over to that section. I'd forgotten the joke. It isn't. That's a nothing joke frankly, and I don't know that I'm going to remember it tomorrow morning. I remember it now because it's fresh, but I I do not blame you, past Ben and past Mandy, for entirely forgetting this lame joke. That was cut for a good reason. It was cut for a very good reason, frankly. Yeah, let's go back to past Ben and past Mandy to continue the assessment. It'll be interesting to see what my answer is when I do that, because I'm actually going to do it. Yeah, because what if it's actually, like, important, and I'm just too high in year two, <laughs> Benjamin? Either it was so forgettable, or a future Ben is going to give us some insight and actually improve the podcast in a way. <laughs> like, oh, actually, uh, we're no longer together because the, of yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck's going to happen between today and tomorrow when I edit the podcast that the relationship ends? It's a really important scene. I can only cheat on you so many times before you get... No, I'm kidding. 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 I hope. Uh, no. <laughs> Did you like this episode, Mandy? I like this episode. This is a pretty decent... Like, yeah. It is a like very uh, run-of-the-mill episode, and there's a lot of things like that beginning scene, like I mentioned. There's some other stuff that it's not as tightly written, so I wouldn't call it like one of their greatest hits episodes. No. But it's a very fun run-of-the-mill episode. Yeah, it's it's a very solid B-minus for me. Like, it feels like, this is fine. This is good. This this gets a passing grade. It does. There's no moments in this... Like, there's no good, like, physical comedy, which is, like, for me... You know, the the thing I love about The Nanny, the thing that I've come to love in rediscovering this show with you is the physicality of a lot of the performances, the great comedic timing. And it feels like there's not as much of this in this episode, like even Fran falling off of the platform shoes. It's like off camera. Like they like it's clear they're kind of doing everything very quickly. I did want to mention, I feel like why the physicality is something that's coming to you more now is because when I was first rewatching these before we decided to do the podcast, um, you would typically be off at your computer. So you would you were only hearing the lines and like, oh, yeah, this is actually surprisingly fine. But you didn't need to see them do it. Yeah. And I think that's this is an episode that is just kind of 
It is okay. It, it, this is an episode that's kind of running on autopilot. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. It does a good job of like integrating a celebrity guest appearance. Yeah, and I want to make that clear. Like that's a run of the mill, like nothing special episode for them. It's a very good episode. Yeah. It's like this is the sort of episode where unless you're trying to put on a specific scene or you want to watch a specific moment, if you're just putting it on because you want to watch the nanny and it's like – appears form um this is the episode that you're hoping that comes on yeah it's just a really solid episode it has some mild fat phobia in it but it's not severe usually when this show does something offensive mandy and i will look at each other and kind of grimace for this i think we did kind of look at each other it was like it's mild that's not to forgive it because they shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, it's it's mild. It's also a fact of it's more of like character things of like regardless of whether or not like fat phobia and body shame is bad, I believe that CC would like have that. I feel like not like I feel like it is true of the characters as they are that they would have that. It's not something like the our previous episode where it's mocking someone's actual body. Mm. It's just, "Oh, these people have shitty opinions." I'm not surprised by this. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment of it. I it's I think that if you go in knowing that there's going to be some mild fat phobia that is non it's not specific, it's not super egregious but it is kind of there for a couple of scenes yeah it, it does depend on like what is your uh level that you can have yeah. every time like and i'm definitely a person like i i typically don't need trigger warnings for like oh and i cannot i cannot see this ever like i need to avoid yeah. it forever um i know that person i know that there are people and you were you were about to do that but for me it's the sort of thing like i need to be in the headspace for that or i just need to know about it so i can kind of like be prepared to process that yeah um and that to me is why it's important to kind of give those warnings it's not a, a this has this so you can never watch this thing uh but you should probably maybe be prepared to process that if that's something that you feel the need to do yeah good episode decent decent passing a show it's a show on autopilot it's skippable, but you probably wouldn't, I wouldn't want call to. It, like it's similar to the, uh, I mean, it, very much so. But this is an episodic series, so most of what you're going to get is filler. Yeah. But the idea, of, like even dramatic shows, where we used to have like longer seasons and could have like filler moments, where just yeah. characters hanging out. Yeah. And wasn't necessarily super important to the plot and how we don't get those episodes and now everything because there's such a focus on making everything so tight that you lose a lot of good character stuff because it's not quote unquote tight. Yeah. And I feel like this has this has value because it's just it gives you those good vibes. Yeah. It is not super it's not the best well written, but you don't necessarily want that when you're watching a comfort sitcom yeah. unless you're looking for that specific it was like most of the time you're just putting something on because you want something on. Yeah. Well, what are we what are we watching next time? Next time we're watching Canasta Masta. Maxwell Box, when Brighton asked to join Fran's Canasta team in Atlantic City. Steve Lawrence and Edie Gorm appears themselves. This episode also features Niles' parody of the dance scene from Risky Business.
Okay, well, we got that to look forward to. Yeah, risky business. I guess that moment is iconic enough that they decided to put it in the booklet. So that's- yeah, it's it's definitely a gift that you can get to on Twitter very yeah. easily. So well, that will be exciting for us to watch next time. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Out on Her Fanny. If you've enjoyed the show, and we hope that you have, uh, do please tell people about the show. Itty bitty independent baby podcast like ours live and die by word of mouth, and we would certainly appreciate yours. Mandy, where can people find Out on Her Fanny on the media socials? Yeah, you can find us at Out on Her Fanny on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Out on Her Fanny. And you can also find our website at oofcast.com. That is O-O-H-F-Cast.com. You can find me on social media. I'm at Ben Padden on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr. I'm A Ben Padden on TikTok if you want to hear me rap. Uh, It's actually (laughs) a very good rap. It's pretty good. Okay. Um, Uh, You had to wait until I was out of the state. Yeah, I have confidence to do it. I'm I feel insecure bad. about my rapping, but I I know I'm good at it. But I'm worried that everyone else would be embarrassed for me, and I don't want people to have that feeling. That second embarrassment. If you want to support the show, I am I don't plug it all the time because it's it's more kind of my thing rather than a Patreon for the podcast. But I do have a Patreon. It is Patreon.com/slash Ben Baden. Uh, that money goes towards uh, things like just groceries and bills. And for the next few months, all of the money from the Patreon I'm putting into my savings account to go towards uh, wedding costs. Yeah. So that's something exciting. I don't think we have anything coming up to plug. If you are a fan of the Doctor Who role-playing game podcast, The Game of Rassilon, on which I've served as the GM for the last three years, our new season starts this week. June 1st, episode one of season four, The Game of Rassilon Regenerated. There's been a huge shuffle. Riley Silverman, she was our doctor for the first three seasons. She's now taking over as the GM. The doctor has regenerated into WGA award-nominated writer Dan Peck. I'm now a player character. I'm playing as a companion. Um, Joe Caitley, who plays uh, Carrie, is, is staying on, and Michael is staying on as the engineer. But we're starting a brand new season. Do please check it out. You can check out that podcast at adventuresintimeand.space, or you can search for Doctor Who role-playing game in whatever your podcasting app is. Do check it out. I'm very, very proud of the sound design work. I'm doing all the editing now, so I'm re- it's very time-consuming, but I'm very, very proud of it. Um, I think at the end of this episode, you should put the trailer. Yeah, when the music finishes, you can stay on and listen to the trailer for The Game of Wrestle on Season 4. And if you are going to Anime Expo in July? July 1st through 4th. July 1st through 4th. Uh, Mandy and I will be there. We are doing at least one comedy panel. I'm not going to share the information for that yet because they haven't publicly released their schedule. But we will be there doing comedy for an hour, being funny. So if you're going to Anime Expo, keep an eye out for that. We will let you know when we have that that, uh, panel time, date, and location nailed down. Mandy, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, I am at Mandy Quesadilla. I'm not currently doing uh, uh, anything right now except for the Anime Expo thing, but I will be doing nothing at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm doing shit. I'm posting poll videos, posting good shit. Yeah, that's that's me. You did stand-up this weekend. I did do stand-up. Yeah, I'm maybe- hoping I can get some uh, stuff when we post the stand-up. You also did. Your stand-up was very good. That was fine. That was all right. You were very well, good. Well, thank you. I, I mean, yeah, I fucking rock. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> thank you, you do. So- <laughs> you do. You have to take this, Benjamin. All this right. has been Out on Her Fanny, a podcast about the nanny. That's Ben. I'm Mandy. Yes, yes we, we do, do know, know it means vagina. vagina. You are very good, and you have to accept that. Okay, you have to You have to take that. You have to listen. There's a plane. You have to stop. You can't keep going. No, you I'm going to keep stop. complimenting you. You have to know your worth, Benjamin.
do you have a lozenge? I I don't I don't know you. Oh, that's okay. I don't know who I am either. A brand new setup. Well, it's your lucky day cuz I'm the newest thing in here. Feeling a little less confident in my newfound friendship with a strange man. Don't try to hit me again for any kind of like science or whatever, please. Carrie, we're so used to this. Sometimes we have to have them work in our favor. And that's why he's at the end of a bat. I tell you what, you are under my protection as long as you tell us what's going on here. Carrie yells out, Hey Treebeard, you uh, taking the hobbits to Isengard? Okay, well, first of all, I'm taking away all your story points for putting that in my head again. Uh... <laughs> okay, space station, things going strange. I find myself here. I'm right at home. Your Sonic is giving you so many readings that you aren't really able to pinpoint one single thing down. Like, that's information I don't really know or have a firm grasp of. It's always kind of just on the other side of your awareness. You're just cool enough to hang out with us, Lita. Eyes forward, please. If you look up or down, you'll get a... I always get a headache. I don't know if you're gonna... The doctor looks up. You, you can't say something like that and have doctor not look up. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have you make a coordination and survival. He just moves his other hand and does that kind of cowboy move of his leather coat to reveal a gun. Oh, I love that. All right, that's great. The game of Rassilon regenerated. New doctor. New GM. New rules. Returning June 1st. Listen at adventuresintimeand.space or wherever you get your podcasts. We could reenact this really cool scene from Lord of the Rings where you put me on your shoulder. I, I should point out this person is about human size. This is not a gigantic tree. This is a this is a human sized tree. I still think this line <laughs> of talking works. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's absolutely keep going. Okay.